You're listening to Recap.fm's coverage of the HBO miniseries Chernobyl. Today we're talking about the second episode titled, Please Remain Calm. I'm JD. I'm Seal. Did you watch it? We're going to pick up where we left off, which was in a really bad place. (laughs) I mean, the severity of the situation is not lost on us. It's lost on a lot of the uh, higher-ups in the Russian government. And this episode really focuses on people trying to prove that this is really serious. Things are really bad. We need to act. There's a whole lot of people that believe this is not a problem. Right. So we're going to start with uh, Ulana. Is that how you say her name? I never know how to say her name. I think it's Ulana. Ulana, yeah. And she's a nuclear physicist, and she's getting some weird readings on her equipment. She knows something's up. She knows something's wrong. And she calls the closest nuclear reactor, and everything's fine. Mm -hmm. So she knows, well, the next one is Chernobyl. But if we're getting these kind of readings from Chernobyl, things are really bad. It's hundreds of kilometers away. Yes. And they, they can't be, the readings can't be that high. What it, the only way that would happen is if the core is open and it's exploded. And she's like, that can't be possible. But she makes a couple phone calls, talks in code to some people to confirm her suspicions. And oh, it's true. It's true. Chernobyl has exploded. It's in a bad spot. So she starts trying to talk to the proper people to get them to react accordingly, and none of them care. Nope. Which is really sad. I mean, it's just a really sad documentary of how the people who in charge who were supposed to protect their people just didn't act, didn't realize the severity of the situation, didn't trust the people who know what they're talking about. Yeah, they said, oh, no, it's it's fine. Yeah. I don't know how many times we hear in these episodes, that's not possible. It's That's just not possible. How could that happen? It's just, you know, people can't suspend their disbelief for a moment, even though the facts are pointing to something. It's just crazy to me. Just crazy. It's silly. It, it is silly. So as after all the red tapes that she tries to go through, she's like, you know what? I'm just going to go to Chernobyl myself. That's what's going to happen. And I will do what I can while I'm there on the ground, to help how I can to make sure everybody knows how serious this really is. And she gives iodine pills to people along the way, especially the people who are there serving and have no say in what's to be done. She's like, I need to protect these people. Here's some iodine pills. This will protect you. Take them while you can, but get away from here. Yeah, Go east, get away. Yeah. Immediately. Immediately. And then we see Ludmilla uh, at the hospital. And this is heartbreaking. Mm. Like, we understand the devastation, but to see the after effects of people, the firefighters who fought the fire. I mean, we saw the one guy whose hand kind of melted off in the first episode. But just the overall exposure that they've had to it and how they're just burned. And the people who are even far away standing on the bridge are suffering. She sees her friend with the little kid mm. who's just begging her, here, take take my baby, please get her out of here. And they're like, no, don't do that. Don't touch it. You can't do that. You don't want to touch anything here. Is Everything's contaminated. All we dangerous. We don't know what's serious and what's not. I mean, just so many questions. So she walks away from her friend and the kid. That was is, rough, dude. It is rough. 
I couldn't imagine like if someone's like, please just take my kid, save my kid. You know, and that's what we'd be doing as parents, like get my kid out of here. Like, fine, I'm going to die. Cool. Um, my lot has been cast, but please get this kid out of here. And so she's trying to find where her husband is and her husband has been taken to Moscow because what happened to him was even more serious. And we, he can't be here. We need to go get him some help. Yeah, they put him on a chopper and got him out PDQ. Yeah. Because, and all the firefighters, because yeah. oh, what they're going through is not, is unimaginable. As we find out, we talk about stuff, you know, people melting and, yeah. and, and, and we find out later that what really happens is, you know, you're, so your cells basically burst, the cell walls basically burst and liquefy. Yeah. And so you just, you're, you're in, you're, your whole body just at that level of exposure starts to liquefy. And they say it's to the point where your blood vessels burst. The same things in your cells happen and the blood vessels, they burst and you can't administer any painkillers because they're not going to, they've there's got the, nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. Oh, Ugh. the pain is unimaginable and there's nothing you can do for it. Three days to three weeks of that. Ugh. So then we finally get Legasov and Sherbina meeting with Gorbachev and of course, like we said, all the people in charge of the party think that everything's fine. They're not going to really go into panic mode because they think everything's okay. And Legasov speaks out of turn, Ooh. according to Sherbina. Very bad. But he, he's like, I don't care. You guys don't understand. This is serious. I would like to go out and investigate to see how bad it really is because it feels like this is probably worse than y'all are letting on. And Gorbachev is like, okay, do it. Zerbina, you go and you investigate and take Legasov with you because he's an expert on this stuff and he can, he'll, he'll know what's really up. Which doesn't make Zerbina happy, but of course he goes along with it because he's a party man and Gorbachev is his superior. So whatever he says is what's going to happen. Yep. So in the helicopter, there's a couple of scenes that I really like and kind of telling. Like he, Jermina asks Legasov, okay, tell me how a nuclear reactor works. And they do this for the audience, which is important that they do this for the audience. And it's very basic, you know, it's fission. This does this, which makes power, you know, basically. You generate a lot of heat so you can make water turn into steam and turn a turbine, which is how power plants work. Right. You just, it, the source of heat is different. Right. And then they explain what the graphite is for. The graphite is to protect from the heat because it's it's a special kind of material that won't be affected as badly. But if there's graphite, that means that the core is open. And this uranium in this nuclear reaction that's supposed to be contained in this graphite is no longer contained and there's nothing we can do to stop it. So we really have a problem. Yeah. The graphite forces all the, the, the neutron bullets Yes, to go in one direction. And I love the the bullet analogy that yeah. he used. He's like the U uranium two thirty five is like a whole bunch of bullets, a lot of microscopic bullets, and they're shooting out in the air nonstop, constantly. And the thing about bullets going in the air, some of them are dangerous, some of them are not. But this is so many bullets. Some of them are really going to cause problems. Yep. So we need to be aware, and we need to act on this. So when they get to the power plant, Legasov can tell immediately, he's like, oh, Lord, this is so much worse than we thought. Look, look, look at over the there. green smoke coming out of the building. Right. Look at the graphite on the roof. <laughs> like, and Jabina's like, okay, fly over the core. 
<clears throat> and Legasoft's like, no, don't do that. If you do that, we'll all be dead within days. Within days. And Zerbina, of course, being who he is, is like, if you don't do that, I will have one of these soldiers put a bullet in your head. And Legasoft's like, oh, you'll be begging for that bullet if you do it. Just don't do it. Don't do it at all. So they land. Thankfully, the pilot has a little bit of sense. Yeah. And lands, and they confront uh, the plant people. Uh, the plant manager yeah, and the Brukinoff and Fomine. And Jerbina's like, hey, this is what Dr. Legasoft is saying. And they're like, there's no way. Why are you spreading disinformation and trying to cause a stir and a panic at such a terrible time? It's just shameful. Well, and the first thing the plant manager does is hand over a list of, here's who we think is accountable. Mm-hmm. Here's a list of who's at fault. It wasn't us. Yeah. Dyatlov yeah. and his crew yeah. were on. We're on. Just call. send them to the gulag. Right. Not us. We did everything right. So the way to fix this is let's get a real dosimeter over there because the good one that we had fried. And so we have the ones that say 3.6, which is not very high. It's one chest x ray. So let's get a reading. And I love this scene with uh, General Pickleoff because they, Legasov explains to him the severity of it. He's like, you know, if it's as bad as I think it is, whoever we send in there is probably going to die eventually. And he's like, fine, I'll do it. That's cool. I'm not going to sacrifice any of my men. I'll do it. Give me all the protection that you can give me. Put this on my truck. I'll drive in there. I'll come back. So he does. And when he gets back, the reading is even higher than I thought it was going to be. Like, you're thinking a thousand, two thousand, no, no, fifteen thousand, fifteen thousand, fifteen thousand Ronkin. And I was going off on Millie Sieverts right last week. Uh, just a little housekeeping point one Ronkin is one Millie Sievert. So, yeah, we can, you, we can, we can interchange the two terms, tomato, but, tomato. but we'll say Ronkin from now on because that's the meter that they're using. And so when it comes when he comes back with that, it proves that Legasov's right. The only way that that could be that high is if the core is exploded and it's open. So immediately, Serbina's like, "Okay, that guy right there and that guy next to him, why don't you go ahead and take them out of here? Yeah. Escort them to the local party headquarters, right? Where uh, they, they will suffer and die a brutal, brutal, brutal death. And and that's that's the end of them. We're never going to see them again. Yeah, they go. They're going to get what they deserve. And he's like, but it was Dyatlov. It was Dyatlov. Shut up. You designed it. You're in charge. Uh, take responsibility for your actions. So, Zerbina goes into, okay, let's fix this. What do we do? And Legasov is like, okay, here's what we need. We need 5,000 tons of sand and boron that we can put on top of the core to you know, fix it, to protect it, to encase it so that it doesn't keep shooting off all these bullets. Yeah. It's a great idea. Even uh, Ulana and her coworker were like, oh, they're probably going to put sand and boron on it. Yeah, that's what I do. It is what you would do, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But when she shows up, she explains to them why that's not a great idea. But before we get there, we need to talk about the process of putting the sand and boron. You got to fly it in by helicopter. Yeah, you can't just truck it in and dump it on there because... can't get that close. Anybody you send in is going to die. And even with the helicopter, you can't get that close. So what you got to do is you got to drop it and hope that the wind will push it onto the fire. And eventually, after you drop enough, you'll start getting piles. You'll start It'll start piling up and encasing it. But the first helicopter doesn't listen. 
flies right over the core. The helicopter malfunctions and crashes, which is probably well, good. Flies into that crane. Yeah, it's probably good for those uh, pilots that they died that way because they flew yeah. right over that day. Because they were going to die a horrible, horrible, horrible death. Yeah. Otherwise, but you notice the rest of the helicopters stood away, kept that ten meter perimeter, and they even say up front, "This is going to be thousands of sorties. This is going to take thousands of yeah. drops to do." We're going to be doing this for days. Yeah. Doing this for days. And also, news of this is starting to get out because the people are getting readings in other countries. Yeah, they're getting readings in Frankfurt. Which is not close. Not close at all. No. And uh, a few thousand kilometers away. Yeah. And uh, they're not letting children go outside and play. Right. And then cut to a shot of the school kids in Pripyat running outside playing. Right. And so, eventually, they finally evacuate because Legasov pleads with Shrabina, and he's like, we've got to at least evacuate this city. I think we should evacuate this far of a radius, you know, 30, 30 square kilometers around here. He's like, decisions were made, it's beyond my control. But they do at least evacuate the town. Yeah. Which is a good thing. They needed to evacuate the town long ago, not seven hours after the explosion, 30 minutes after the explosion. So after it's being evacuated, and the sand and boron is being placed on the fire, Ulana shows up and she warns Legasov and Sabina about what's going to happen if the molten core reaches the water in the basement. Uh, because there's a misunderstanding or a miscalculation on Legasov's part. And it's going to turn into lava. <laughs> yeah, he fails to factor. He says, well, these tanks are empty. Well, no, if the thing's cracked open and you've been shooting water in there trying to put a fire out for a day. Right. You you just filled the tanks back up, and he right. didn't account for that. Right. Yeah, honest mistake. Luckily, someone else caught it. And you're making lava mm-hmm. that's going to hit those tanks and super pressurize them and create an explosion. A destructive steam explosion, which will destroy like 18 square miles. Yeah. You know, from here. They're going to make lava, and then this huge, massive explosion. It's basically going to wreck, environmentally speaking, it's going to. Wreck the continent. Right. Environmentally speaking, this area is already destroyed for a thousand years and never usable again in anybody that we know's lifetime. But we're going to wreck so much more if we don't fix this now. And so they kind of explain that to to the party. and, And they're like, okay, here's what we need. We have a plan on how to empty the tanks, but we need your permission to kill three men. We need three men with knowledge of how the plant is laid out and how to open these tanks to go in. And it's a death sentence. Because they've got to go into this irradiated water. Mm-hmm. Going to be super close to the core, no protection, whatever. Like, we're, we're killing them. And Gorbachev's like, all right, cool, do it. What must be done, what must be done. And then the scene, I love the scene where they are talking to him and, like, trying to convince him to do it. Like, I will give you 400 bucks. A year or whatever as a stipend. And of course, that's not good enough for any of them. So Shabina, he gives st- quite a speech. He does. And it, it, I gain a lot of respect for the guy. You know, like what he says, you're going to do it. Do you know why? Because it has to be done. There's just not an option. Millions will die. You're saving countless number of lives. Countless generations of people will be saved by what we do here today. So there's not an option. Three of them stood up and were ready to be counted, which was impressive. Mm-hmm. It's very moving. And I kind of view it as a turning point in the series. Like, okay, so much bad has happened. Now we can see 
what humanity humanity is capable of to fix this untold unimaginable disaster like humanity is yeah. the only way that this will ever be fixed so then the the show ends with a scene of them walking through the water with their dosimeters going crazy and their light their, their lanterns and their flashlights going and they're trying to find and it's very ominous and very eerie because that the noise that the dosimeter makes it's just yeah. and, and you could tell when they're getting close it just goes crazy and then their flashlights start to stop working and you're like oh no yeah, the big fat battery powered flashlights go out it's, you're like oh no they're doing this for nothing that stinks and cut episode and, over yeah and then roll credits what dude Good episode, man. Oh, it was. It was so good. <laughs> really good. Okay, one of the things that I would like to talk about is doing the right thing. Okay. I'm always fine talking about that. And you see, jumping back, I'm not going, obviously, in any any kind of order of the episode here because the very first thing I keyed in on was this. Trebina's speech... He says, you're going to do this because it, it, it's what must be done. You know, they lay it out for him. And one of the things that we as the audience know, and, and they, it, it, this is, this thing explodes, it's going to directly affect 61 million people. Yeah. Immediately. It's yeah. going to kill a lot of them, and it's going to affect them all. It's going to make everybody, it's going to kill hundreds of thousands Mm -hmm. and it's going to make the rest of them very, 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 very sick. Yeah. Cancer, death eventually. And not to mention the rest of the damage that it does to the rest of the world. But you've got this room full of guys and they're trying to convince them to do this thing. And it's not until Trevina stands up and says, essentially, it's the right thing to do and convinces them, at least those three guys, that it's the right thing to do. So... I guess what I really want to get into is motivation. Yeah. I mean, as humans, we are, for good or ill, quite a bit of the time motivated by self-preservation. Sure. Yeah. And so that instinct is clearly kicking in with these guys. They're like, what? You want me to sacrifice this for, what, 400 rubles a year and not much else? And what do I care? They don't understand the gravity of the situation. But then when confronted with... The reality, you start to see people step up. And I think that's a theme that we're going to see throughout this show. It's one of the things I get crazy and bag on the Soviet system. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that to be in any way an indictment against the people. Yeah. Because what we see is the determination of these people when confronted with the right thing to do. You, we keep seeing people step up. And yeah. so I want to know what your thoughts were on that. It's, yeah. I mean, you could see the secrecy that. That the government's trying to keep. And I, you can understand it to a point. Like, okay, you don't want to spread too much misinformation. And they're they're kind of in the dark, too. But it, I think it's very telling that whenever anybody is ever told the reality of the situation, they step up. And I think, I think that's true about the human condition in a lot of cases. Like, if you point to me the facts and lay, lay me out the reality of what's happening. And the people who worked in that plant know the gravity of what they're working with. I would think they have some sort of idea. And the dangers, not only for themselves, but for everybody around them. And then hearing someone tell them, okay, this is what's going to happen. Like, if you don't do this, 
you know, 61 million people are going to die. You're like, okay, huh. That's, that's kind of a heavy toll for, for me. And if I have the ability to prevent that from happening, who am I? Why am I better than 61 million people? And you know, that's not always the case and it is a bit Hollywood scripted and things like that. But I'm sure that the reality was that there were people who sacrificed themselves in this situation for the greater good. And we see that often. And the stories are always beautiful. Whenever you hear someone who's willing to sacrifice for others and to lay down their life for others, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I've always, and anybody who's ever done that, I don't, I don't, you know, it's beyond me to understand because I've never been in that situation. Sure. How do you think you could? How do you, do you think you could act appropriately in that situation? I would hope so. I, I would hope that I have built built the proper morals and the proper, not just the proper morals. I would hope that I have built up the proper ability and trained myself and educated myself enough to know that hey, in certain situations, other people are more important than me. And I try to live selflessly a lot. You know, I feel like I give a lot to other people, but uh, never having been in that situation, I don't know, honestly. Uh, I would hope so. What about you? Do you think you could? Again, I would I would hope so. I know, I mean, there have been many times in my life I've played the coward. So haven't we all? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, nobody, there's, it's it's easy. But again, I, like, I, I mean, it, it, I think my only answer is I like to think that I would. Yeah. Um, knowing the gravity of the situation. I think that's part of it. I think it, it kind of making my own point again, but you know, sometimes it's easier to do the right thing when you know what's at stake. Yeah. When you know what's actually at stake. Yeah. And another thing I found interesting was, so we had this room full of people given these facts and only three of them stood up. And so, yeah, going by that calculus, if you will think about all the right people in the show and the way the show's written and in what actually happened in the situation that actually happened, think about all the right people that had to be in just the right place yeah. to react in just the right way to prevent something that would have, wouldn't have most definitely had a global effect had it gone fully wrong. Right. I mean, that's amazing to me. Oh yeah. It is amazing. Like, and I would think, you know, if only two people stood up, eventually a third guy would stand up. And that's what you always think. But you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. It was heavy. It was just heavy to think about. That it, what if they hadn't done that? How different it would be if all these little things that had to happen that caused the sacrifice of human life, if they didn't happen, how different this would have turned out. Mm-hmm. What kind of person do you think it takes Looking back at Ulana, the dogged determination True. to get the word out. I mean, you see it in Legasoft too, but this determination that she has and just straight up takes matters into her own hands. She goes to the party headquarters. She goes to Chernobyl and gets herself arrested. Mm-hmm. What kind of – She I gets mean, herself arrested on purpose. Like yeah, that. what kind of – it's. That kind of person's interesting to me that, that would go to those links to do the right thing, to get the word out, to be that determined, to get shut down at every turn and, I think, and keep going. I think she knew the reality of what they were really facing and knowing that you know set her apart because 
one thing about all the party leaders, you know, like even the one first guy that she reported to, like you were, what was he, a shoe salesman or like a garbage truck? Ran a shoe factory. Yeah, ran a shoe factory. That's what you did. And now you're in charge of this. You don't know jack about this. He's like, well, that's just kind of how it works. You know, I, I got put in this position. So now I'm in charge, even though I don't know anything. And she's like, okay, I got to go above your head. I got to go to finally find someone who I can convince of the truth. And I'm going to go and go and go because I know what's really at stake here. And I think people not wanting to, not being forced to stop is important. Like she's no matter what, she's not going to quit because she knew what would happen if she did. Yep. And she who would want that on their conscience? Like, Oh, I just gave up. I know it was going to happen and I knew how bad it was going to be, but uh, someone told me, no, so I'm going to give up. You know, determination is important. You know, people give up too easy nowadays sometimes. True. And, you know, just a little perseverance, you know, could get, could cover a lot of things. We just keep trying and don't give up, you know. What do you think about the change that we see in Sherbina from that first meeting with the general secretary to the end of the episode? And he's like, okay, what do we need to do to fix this? I think he was confronted with reality. I think once, I mean, it's a theme. Like once you see what's really here. Like showing up at the factory, seeing graphite, seeing that helicopter crash, seeing the dosimeter read fifteen thousand, you know, seeing the the destruction, the the people who are really sick and all that stuff. He's like, oh, wow, this is way worse than I thought. I'm a little out of my depth there. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna defer to the expert. Okay, what do you need? Wh- whatever you need, just let me know. We'll get it done. That's what I'm here for. And we see that he's capable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of delivering. He's like, what do you need? Okay, I can get that. Yeah. 5,000 tons of sand and boron. Cool. It'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Make it 6,000. <laughs> Is that a challenge? No, but I, I love seeing him face reality and changing and reacting appropriately. So let's speculate. <laughs> it just it seems like a crazy thing to do in this, this show in particular. I, but I mean, my speculation, like I said in the recap, I think this is going to be a turning point. Seeing people step up, do the right thing, sacrifice themselves, doggedly pursuing the truth, doing what they need to do. I think that we're going to see the human condition and the human element overcome all of these obstacles. We're going to see heroes emerge, and it's going to be some somehow redemptive, somehow a good out of this terrible situation. And that's the only good that you could find out of this situation is that some people, when faced with the opportunity, rose to the occasion and did what needed to be done. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's kind of how, I mean, that that's basically what I see happening is you see, you know, people continue to step up. We're going to see heroism Yeah, on a grand, on grand scales and on small scales. But it's all heroism, and it all matters. It we're going to see what we're going to see is people doing what matters. And we're going. I think. Right. I think we're going to get a lesson in that throughout the rest of this series. Yeah, and hopefully, it's something we can learn from. Like the, with all these superhero movies, you know those those people do amazing things too. But it's a movie. Like this is reality. This happened, and real heroes stepped up to the plate and did what needed to be done. And that's crazy to think about. And to be admired for sure absolutely 
Did we forget anything? I don't think we did. We pretty much covered well, I everything. I think we did awesome. We should pat ourselves on the back. We should. Yeah. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe next week we'll forget something. If we forgot anything or if there's anything specific you want to talk to us about, you can do that in a couple of ways. You can do that on Twitter, but to do that on Twitter, you have to follow us. So you can follow me. I'm at Real JD Lee. I'm at Seal Adams. It's S-E-A-L-E-A-D-A-M-S. And you can always follow our network at Recap FM. Also, check out our website, recap.fm. Uh, join our mailing list. We have a monthly email list that we're going to send out with some cool stuff that we know you'll find interesting. You won't view it as spam at all. And we'll give you news about new shows that we're going to be doing podcasts on, announcements, giveaways, all that kind of stuff. So recap.fm, join the mailing list and check out our other shows. See what's coming up. See what we've done in the past. There's a lot of good info on there. So we'll be back real soon with the next episode of Chernobyl. See what's going to happen. See if they're able to fix the problems that just keep arising from this situation that nobody ever saw coming. Until next time, bye.